serve it up to the whiskey run dry you take your sugar and take your sweets leave you blinded on a one-way street and welcome everybody to the lunacy podcast my name is tony i'm here with dave and david dave stevens david sterling i am tony permanenzi it is sunday the 13th of august it's very uh Dreary day out there, Dave. Yeah, sixty-five yep. degrees, rainy. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, you know, we were talking about it yesterday on Saturday, and uh, we kind of knew this was coming. I'm just glad the whole day wasn't a complete washout. At least where I was, it didn't start raining until what about five o'clock or so. So it wasn't a complete loss of a Sunday, at least. Yeah, other it feels than like well. October thirteenth as opposed to August thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not nice out there now. It's kind of gross. But of course, uh, it's better than uh, sweating my ass off down in uh, <laughs> Myers, right, David? Good you know? God, it's been—I I mean, I love the heat and I love humidity, but oof, this summer, this is this is a uh, this is kind of like I don't even know, punching me in the gut and then kicking me on down and dragging me around to the back truck or something. I don't know. It's bad. Oh boy, this is rough. Yikes. Yeah, it's yeah you're, you're, you're con- consistent heat index this is over 100. Uh, I would say that we have been consistently probably 110 or higher for the last 15 days. Wow. I mean, it's, I, I don't, I could be wrong. We might have had a respite at some point in there, but I, I would bet it's got to be close to if you went back the last month, I bet. 24 days have been over 110. Yeah, I think Thanks. we might have a triple digit coming up uh, about a week from now. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's early. It's early. Yeah. I'm not I'm not betting on it by any means, but no. I I just I I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but yeah. Right around the of course it'll be right around the time for the state fair to start. That would be you know, we'll, we'll get hot weather, you know, which is only, you know, guys, it's only a week and a half away. State yeah, fair, that's crazy. That is crazy. Great, great Minnesota get together. Um, which uh, you know, I'll be there and uh, drinking and eating and uh, all kinds of stuff. So, um, I wanted to bring up one thing before we get into other stuff, guys. Uh, neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my situation. I have a neighbor next door uh, who's a retired uh, man whose wife passed away a couple of years ago, and. Uh, he spends this whole time working on his lawn. Okay. Cause he bets his, you know, he's retired. He has nothing else going on. They work on your lawn. Right. Sure. And we have a, a ravine between our houses, not a big ravine, but a, a you know, medium sized ravine between our house. And there's a lot of, there's a, it's wooded. So there's lots of trees through there. Right. And he has decided that there are two dead trees in there right now that he wants to get rid of. Like he just wants to, you know, is, now, now is that little ravine area? Is that on his property technically, or is that something that's split down the middle? This is the problem, Dave. Uh, uh-huh. It's kind of split, but he's figured out like which trees are his and which trees are ours. I don't know if it's correct, but that's his deal. So hmm. he seems to think these two dead trees are ours, hmm. and so he came to us and he's like, "Well, I'll pay half to get them removed." And I was like, "Well, well, Kelly's been dealing with them," and she was like, "Well." They're dead, but they're not like going to fall down anytime soon, and they're not that big. 
Uh, and of course, he's worried about his house. He's getting his siding and his roof replaced and whatever. Uh, we just had ours replaced. I'm like, I'm not worried about it. Um, but now, you know, we've gone back and forth a couple of times. He's very, he wants to get it done. He wants to get it done. He wants to get it done. You know, I, I, I kind of get to the point where it's it's my property, dude. I mean, if I want to take the trees down, I'll take the trees down. If the trees hit your, hit your house, then that's between my insurance company and your insurance company. You know, right. and, and yeah, first oh. of all, I guess you could say he's generous in the fact that he'd offer to pay half. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if he determined that these trees are in your property, then yes, it should be your decision to do it and when to do it. Yeah, but I, don't know. I, I get... mean, it would be different if, you know, the city came in or county or county or situation would be um, came in and said, oh, yeah, these are. These are potentially issues yeah, and then yeah. that would be enough for him to pressure you but no i mean yeah it's your land yeah. <laughs> you don't you do what you what you want i don't care that ravine place i don't even give a shit about it i mean there's weeds there's all kinds of shit i don't care you know it's just a bad location right that's where the water drains down and all that type of shit and so we've been going back and forth on we're just like we just don't have the kind of cash to be thrown at taking trees down uh we offered to do it have somebody do it for free he didn't want that to happen because he's scared of them not doing a good job, even though it's pretty easy. It's just rope and a chainsaw, you know, whatever. And so then he found somebody for 400 bucks and he's paying for the whole thing. Oh, wow. So right. I'm like, dude, that's fine with me. You want to take trees down in my yard and pay it yourself. Go for it. You know, up to you. But this isn't the first time he's asked us to take trees down in our yard on that side of the house. This is now probably the third time that's happened. And so he's going to pay someone to take the trees down, but mm -hmm. is he going to, is he going to have those trees removed? I I don't really don't care. Well, okay. I mean, he could, because I, I was going to say, see now, if I wanted to be an ass, um, I would say, okay, I'll pay it. Have someone take the trees down. And then they fall in their yard. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to leave them there because I don't have to do that because it's on your property. But um, that's interesting. Again, it's not the first time. This is yeah. now the third time he's asked us. In the last two times we've done it, like we've had our other neighbor do it for a case of beer or two, right? And I was kind of, I was okay with it the last, you know, two times. This time I'm like, dude, you're kind of pushing it here. You know, right, yeah. this is getting this is kind of getting a little ridiculous. If it was up to him, he'd have them take all the trees on that whole ravine out. Like he would just let's get rid of all these trees, you know. But I suppose he's know. probably thinking of it, you know, one one, you know, one more superstorm comes through the area could knock all those trees down into his but here's here's the thing, your house they're, for that they're between our houses, okay? And there's a line of them, right? Mm -hmm. So the wind gets blocked by both houses either way, pretty much. You know, the the you know, a lot of the trees get blocked. And the wind doesn't come from that way. If it comes from the south, it's coming towards his house, so it's not going to do anything. If it comes from the north, I think it's north or the west, is the only way it could get through, like, into those trees. And there's enough blo other trees blocking the wind. It's like, it's not going to happen. You know, and they're not big trees. They're small little twigs. I mean, who cares? But, again, it's just being a neighbor with somebody, you just kind of deal with them and, you know. What do you do? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, at least you aren't so. dealing with his loud music and parties and all that kind of thing. So, well, I did kind of mention to him, Dave. I did kind of bring it up yesterday. Mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, when are you planning on moving?" By the way, not <laughs> like I didn't ask, like you know, whatever. And he's like, "Well, I, you know, I haven't really thought about that yet." I'm like, "Well, you know, it's kind of a big yard to be taken care of by yourself, and you know, it's a big house, and you know, but yeah, we'll see." So that's my neighbor's story for the day. Um, are we, uh, drink? Well, we're drinking, but David is not drinking. No, too hot. He's too hot. Too hot no, for that's David. Not it. That's not even it. <laughs> no, he drank too much yeah. this weekend. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, there you go. That is an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, like I yeah. said before we got on, you know, it's, it's kind of expected on this podcast, but it's certainly not a requirement. We, we are not, uh, yeah. we're not, it's not mandatory. So that's just fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm not going crazy on beer tonight either. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. I am just drinking my usual one of my usual grain belt premiums. That's all I'm drinking. Everybody knows what it is. It's a good beer, the big friendly. That's all I'm drinking. I'm not getting crazy today because, nice. frankly, I didn't feel like it. So fair enough. <clears throat> Dave, what are you what are you drinking tonight? Well, yeah, I'm good. Okay, I I, I got a I I'm not drinking a beer either. Technically, and actually, uh, it was David who inspired me, I believe, last week when he had a, a hard seltzer. Mm-hmm. And I think I even had mentioned that I was already thinking about maybe going that route last week, but didn't. Yeah. And so I said, you know what, this week I am. So I ended up going with a, I believe it's a brewery we've had on this podcast before. I've had this brewery, but few and far times in between. And, and I have not been there. It's uh, from Wooden Hill Brewing in Edina, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Uh, north of uh, 494. and uh, west of 100 so not too far from me but i haven't stopped in there yet and i was kind of yeah i almost thought i had but i hadn't so a, a brewery that not i don't deal with too often so i said what the heck uh kind of jumped out at me and i'm telling you what I, I ended up going with their pink lemonade they had a couple in the store they had a mojito which they claim is kind of one of their most popular ones and then they had this pink lemonade i'm kind of a lemonade fan so i i thought i'd, I'd go for it and i can tell why these seltzers are really popular um because i rarely if ever ever drink like a hard seltzer you know that tony david but i said heck with it and i can see why they're popular because they are really smooth really easy drinking um even more so than a light beer i mean i'm a i'm a like a sparkling water fan and so this this kind of blurs that line (laughs) it almost goes down so easy because they're so they're so smooth this one and I kind of like this one because it's got that pink lemonade tartness to it. It's fairly sweet. So I'm not a huge fan of the sweet beverages, I guess, all the time. But this one is just so refreshing that it's, it goes down so so easy, so smooth. They're all 5.5% ABV. I think they have four or five different varieties uh, they have um, on tap in their bur- in their bur- tap room. So um, they own, like I said, two in the store. But yeah, so Wooden Hill Brewing Company in Edina. Uh, certainly not a place we feature too often. So I figured I'd go for it, but yeah, incredibly refreshing. It'd be better on a, you know, 80 degree day, let alone a 65 degree day, but we got to deal with what we had. So I'm surprised you didn't break out a dark beer today, Dave, like a nice stout or something. It's funny you say that. I, I, maybe that'll be next week because I, I walked in, I again, didn't have any beer. So I had to go up to the liquor store earlier today and I was, Hmm. I, sh- I, cause I'm doing so many hazy IPAs, you know, West coast IPAs, yep. New England IPAs, and that's all I've done. I, it feels like this summer. So I definitely want to go 
this route or a different route. And I, actually, that was in my head. Maybe I should just go with a nice stout for a night like tonight. But uh, yeah, maybe save that one for next week. Good idea. All right. Uh, before we move on, we do have two uh, brewery news stories to t- just touch on. Uh, the first, if people hadn't seen, 612 has been sold. 612 Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis has been sold to become Padrog's uh, Brewery. And they will shift to focus on Irish beers. Um, so they uh, all the employees and crew of the head brewer have been retained. Uh, 612, of course, opened in 2013. They were one of the first wave of breweries. Um, they did have... One of the biggest, they were, brewing, they were one of the biggest brewers in the state, brewing 3,000 barrels in 2014. Uh, but the rise in suburban breweries took away from their some of their tap room, uh, some of the tap rooms draw to people from all over the metro. Um, it dropped to 1,500 barrels. I also think it was a lot of their, you know, Bauhaus House opened right across the street from them, and Bauhaus House has gone gangbusters ever since they started because they've been they've done a lot of different things there. 612 really didn't do that. They were just kind of like, here's our beers. We're not changing anything. Mm-hmm. Here we are right here. We're not yeah. really going to, cause I never really heard of any like crazy shit coming out of six, one, two. Um, no, yeah. They, didn't really, they yeah. really didn't have an events or anything. It was kind of like, you know, even, even though I got to, yeah. even though I got to say, I mean, I've always, I like, love the location right off central there. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I like the brewery itself. I mean, it's a nice mm-hmm. brewery, nice space in that building. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so, but you're right. You just don't hear much from them. And I, and I know they, I think they up their production over the years. I think you can find them in, in some liquor stores, but yeah, they don't, uh, not like some of the other breweries. So it's interesting, but it's nice to hear that they're retaining the head brewer and most of the staff. That's really good. And Padraig. So that's, uh, it'll be, I think I read it's going to, well, with the name, it's going to be um, Irish theme, basically Irish microbrews. That'll, that'll be interesting. Yep. Yeah. Not, not, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of Irish bars in, in Minneapolis, of course, but you know, I wouldn't say, you know, brewery, microbrewery theme. So that should be good. Yeah, different. I would um, like I'll... to know what they're going to be making. Because Irish beers. Well, I know, but there aren't a lot of different Irish beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, you've got your your standard reds and you've got, mm-hmm. you know, your dry stout. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I mean... I just don't. What what is Ireland known for? I mean, well, Guinness. I mean, that's what they're known Guinness, for. You yeah, know, Smittix, yeah. Smittix, Smittix is was one of my favorites. I used to travel over there a ton. I haven't so much in the last say six seven years, but well, Smittix is one of my favorites. But. Isn't Smittix technically Guinness? Aren't they all um, the same company? It, um, it it was. I don't know when it was acquired by Guinness. Not. I mean, obviously not. It was an original brewery back in the day. It's a very right. extremely old brewery, but but uh, but you know what I mean, like the. Oh, I suppose yeah. you know a lot, you know, lager like Smittix, um, mm. and then your your dry stouts like Murphy's and Guinness, mm-hmm. and you know your Reds. Um, I can't even think of, can't even think of brands Killians. or red. Killi- Killian's Irish Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Harp is another light lager, but beyond that, yeah. it's like what what are they going to do? I mean, how? Like the, my complaint with six one two was. That their lineup just wasn't that wasn't that creative. I mean, it, the beers that I had there were good, but nice. um, they weren't. They were kind of your run of the mill well, beers. You know, now I, they're going to Irish, which is it, three it, so four it's, beers. 
Yeah, it's new ownership. So I wonder, you know, a brewery that we like, I like is, you know, Torg. And there, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say that that's like an English themed, you know, microbrewery? And I so, agree. But, you're, you're exactly. And they've kind of basically the same. But, so they kind of put their own twists on maybe English beers and they might have a few of their own as well. Inspired is, by the you know Irish, uh, yeah. Beer, but what is but. what does Torque do though that six one two never did, and that is have a bunch of different things going on like events, right? right. They're sure. they're what is their their point five mile K or whatever the heck it's called their beer run where yeah. you run from one part of the you know it was like uh, from the parking lot into the brewery and that was the beer <laughs> run right? Yeah, and, I mean seriously, but, like the, and my favorite, yeah. I, I even have a t-shirt to prove it, Dave's Day they have. And so oh, I Dave's went to that er, I went to yeah. that earlier this summer. That was great. One mm-hmm. of my favorite events. So, yeah. No, you're right. They, have, they do. They have all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff going on, really. Mm-hmm. So and that's I never heard like this one too, like any of the stuff they were doing, right? Like they didn't have anything. So now maybe these people now with an Irish theme, they'll have some, you know, some Irish fair type of stuff going on. Maybe they'll have some, yeah. you know, get together, stuff like that. You know, it'll be a little more cool, but We'll see. Um, one more final thing to talk about uh, brewery-wise. Bobbing Bobber, uh, which is a brewery that I think Connor grabbed a beer from down in Hutchinson at some point. Their uh, their uh, 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 location it was started on fire. They had a fire outbreak oh, at their at their brewery. So uh, last I heard, everything was fine. I just had to shut down for a couple days to figure out what how extensive the damages are. So um yeah it's too bad but hopefully they'll be back up and running shortly and uh yeah just wanted to mention that since we've had them on the podcast before yeah so all right let's move on to some loons talk we had a game on tuesday it was against toluca it was at home at allianz uh it was a fantastic freaking game yes it was and uh, there were high, there were highs, there were lows, there was excitement, there was frustration, there was it was a lot. It was a, the the wave of emotions, the roller coaster of emotions during that game was was crazy. It's like what was like riding the wild thing at Valley Fair. Holy shit! Um, the lineup was pretty much the same, guys. Rosales started uh, in the back again, which uh, Dave, I think we talked about this previously that he looks kind of good back there and kind of that uh wing back you know he, yeah location. he does um and yeah. i don't think anybody would actually call him a wing back but because there's somebody in front of him but um mm-hmm. i mean it's it still is to me i just felt like that's kind of what it felt like there's a lot of i mean the overlapping runs just felt more i don't even know what to say more purposeful where I felt like Franco was playing more in inside and potentially even um, inverting overall. And it just felt like Rosales was su- supposed to own that left side. Um, it just didn't really feel like a fullback position to me. Um, and yeah, I thought he looked fantastic. Um, yeah, I think I think we uh, touched on it. Maybe one, maybe even just last week, where I think it was against Columbus, he had that nice yeah. cross in, where you know our our uh, full X hadn't really been able to do that with much success over the years. So it was nice to see him him do that in that last match. So it gets another start on the left left back, and uh, yeah, look came out looked good again, like you mentioned, David, and even uh, spoiler alert, got a goal in this one. So 
13th yeah, man in, guys. He gets the goal. So, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was great to see continued success for Rosales. And so maybe he is. I mean, I, and maybe, you know, the left side, that that's going to be a more comfortable position for him. Obviously, we've he's slotted in in the defensive mid before for Minnesota, but maybe, you know, naturally he's he's better on the left. So we shall say, see. But, yeah, can't complain about the results up till this point. So Great. Greatest on that goal. Great assist again from Ray. Uh, and and great great uh, touch on it from Rosales to get it past the goalkeeper, um, yeah. and and yeah, fantastic goal. Just uh, yeah. I, you can't. I mean, it was he basically one timed it if I remember right. I mean, the 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 yeah. pass across the pitch came from Renault, so that was just beautifully placed over a couple of defenders. Just incredible, Toluca. You know, basically their entire formation had shifted over to that. I guess it'd be their left side. You know, probably in fear of Reynoso, but boy, he got it over a couple of defenders left results with so much space, but he played that right, put it right on frame, maybe fooled the goal goalkeeper, you know, worried about that uh, near post, but yeah, got it over his head. Just brilliant one-time shot basically. So yeah, fantastic. And what a start. I mean, here you're up against a Toluca club that had basically been the darlings of this tournament other than maybe Miami, Miami, but you know, coming, coming into this game, you know, with four goals scored in each of their three prior matches. So, yeah, it, it was just a tremendous start for Minnesota. It was, and uh, we continued that run, guys, uh, in the 32nd minute. That was a Bongi goal, mm. and that goal was fantastic. Bongi deked out the goalkeeper, wow. a defender, yeah. kept the ball, then, you know, kicked it right in. It was amazing. Uh, we, I think last year, probably last year, we wouldn't have seen this play from Bongi because his oh, footwork no. was so terrible. And he no, has worked I, I, yeah. off. I, I agree. He's gotten a lot better technically. Um, mm-hmm. though some of this I think was almost accidental. Um, but regardless, I mean he's gotten way better this season. In fact, and it, even earlier this season, he was not good. He's yeah. gotten way better over the yep. summer. I I, um, I look back. I, it's funny that you bring that up earlier this year because I I I laugh about it now because I'm pretty sure on this podcast we we suggested that maybe this was early in the year but we suggested that Bongi would be better off coming in as a you know a late sub but uh, it, that's laughable now because he's <laughs> he's in the form of his life right now. I mean that that was that his seventh goal basically you know through the round of sixteen which tied him for Messi with seven and he's just. I mean, that's just, I guess that's going to happen when you're in that kind of a form, just having, he's in the streak of his life right now. And I, yeah, I don't, I think his confidence level is just through the roof for him to show that kind of patience, hold up play and just to kind of the ball skills and just to just, I think patience is the word I'd use and just incredible just to smash it in. Just yeah. You know, I, I think there are some things about his play that still definitely need some work, but he's uh, in terms of being in front of goal, um, I think, I mean, he's by far the best on the team right now. Um, and he's doing what he needs to do to make an argument to be on the pitch. Um, I, I do say that you can't completely pass on this goal without talking about what happened before it got to Bombi, because that exchange between Franco and Reynoso mm. was just fantastic. I mean, it was a give and go. Ray back healing to Franco, which I think set up the entire um, the entire goal because mm-hmm. Ray drew everybody over to the to their right side, um, and then that back heel caught everybody off guard. So uh, Bongi was wide open, 
on the on, on that's that our right side um mm -hmm. so it was that was just huge i i, yeah. I think um you know one if ray misses that back heel it's done and we've seen that happen plenty of times where players get cute and blow the possession um every, so everything about this play worked perfectly even the throw in for rosales was just yeah on on point I oh mean, a good this, point in the, this and, whole uh, play was great yeah and um yeah the <clears throat> Rosales' goal was came off of a throw-in too, as well. So it was interesting mm -hmm. to you know from a stoppage and play to get create those chances like that. And I guess you'd have to basically what you're saying is you got to call this the Reynoso effect. Like I talked about <clears throat> Reynoso clearing all that space. Well, this was kind of in the same way. And it was nice to see Franco get the assist. But you're right. Yeah, but you're, you're Dave, Dave, Dave. You're right. This, this is totally the Reynoso effect again because I don't think you have five. Well four and a half um, Toluca players shade over to the uh, opposite side to, at that point, the front post um, with anybody else. I just don't think you do. I mean, even if that was Franco, who was playing very well this game, um, I don't think they would have done that. The fact, I think it was done because of Ray being the guy on the ball. Um and again, that back heel is the only reason why this play worked because had he turned himself, you know, stopped and tried to square himself up to then go back to Franco, that would obviously allow the defense time to readjust and that back heel didn't give them that time to adjust. So, um, I mean, it, it was fantastic. And again, you know, Boggy did what he had to do to get this goal, which was fantastic. So it's just like I, I just think that there are so many elements to this goal that require praise. I mean, it was mm -hmm. this is one of those highs for roller coaster emotional roller coasters yeah. because yeah. this was amazing. This is exactly what we want to see out of this team. Mm -hmm. I mean, this yeah. is what every fan wants to see out of their team. Um, kind of a madnessism there. Uh, obviously, we want to see your players play well um but <laughs> this is what we expect from these guys on paper yeah. this is what you expect to see right this is what we actually got it yeah right um so right after that guys i'm going to foreshadow this a little bit Hassani dawson gets the yellow card mm. which is going to come up the fuck us later on um so we get to halftime guys it is two nil loons are up we're feeling pretty confident pretty oh yeah you know we're at a high here a high point here and this is where we drop down into low points because <laughs> right after that, like, but uh, Toluca came out on fire after the, after the half, if I remember correctly here, uh, they had a bunch of different uh, chances. We had some chances as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Pookie had a chance, uh, but it was, yeah. it was an entertaining game. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. It was back and forth. And I mean, that's why mm -hmm. I said, I mean, I, there, there had to be some concern playing, you know, at Toluca, mm -hmm. you know, darlings of the mm -hmm. tournament so far, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, I, and I had almost forgotten, but yeah, Bongi almost had a, a brace early. Mm -hmm. I think it was early in the second half, just like in the first yep. few minutes. Yeah. Right. That, but he clearly offsides. No, no argument there, but yeah. it was just kind of fun to watch at the time because they put the three on the board, but it only lasted for a second or two. It's again, uh, this is where the low stuff comes in. Um, Toluca gets a goal in the 65th minute because we can't freaking clear the ball, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is you know, 
it's frustrating as hell. This yeah, will come frustrating up again and again over the next yeah. <laughs> several days, so to speak. But yeah, mm-hmm. frustrating, frustrating because, you know, they had slammed the door on that uh, mm-hmm. on Toluca's early attempts. But yeah, just couldn't get the ball out of there, unfortunately. Yep, you know, and I up. think this this is this probably comes tactics too. honestly. I mean, it has to be a training thing as well. I, I, I mean, I would hope it's a training thing because mm-hmm. the fact that we have always been so terrible at clearing the ball out of the back, mm-hmm. it's got to be something that's either not addressed in training or it's just not addressed in the right way. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think on top of that, though, there I think there's the tactics, the fact that we were up 2-0. It wasn't a game where we were up 2-0 and they get a goal right before half, and all of a sudden you're talking about 2-1. I mean, this was a 2-0 where we had momentum going into half. Mm-hmm. We should have had momentum coming out of half. Yep. But as usual, I feel like we started absorbing a lot of pressure. We were playing deeper. We just weren't trying to um, – push as as hard as we had been in the first half it was all it's one of those games that you could just kind of feel the tide mm-hmm. turning right away mm-hmm. wait till yep. it came out exactly this this goal was all definitely had a feel, feel it felt like it was coming there's just yeah, yeah there's no doubt about that yeah. uh a couple minutes later guys this is what you're talking about david with them putting pressure on us we get the second yell card for Hassani dotson with a bad foul in the box, uh, elbowed the guy in the head. I mean, it just, I, I, I there's nothing you could, there's nothing I can say about it. It was just a bad foul. I, I it's, yeah. people are going to complain, but like, this is not a, I'm like, it's a fucking foul all day. I mean, yeah. you, 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 you elbow guy in the head in the box. Come on, you know? Yeah. I, you, you know, know I, I, I don't think it was, I wouldn't call it right. Sorry. Fragrant. Fragrant. Can you help me out here? Fragrant. Flagrant. Fragrant. Yeah. Sorry about that. Anyways, yeah. I wouldn't Fragrant. call it that at all. I really wouldn't. But the fact is it was, I mean, it was a foul. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not about, did he mean to, did he not mean to, did he, was it dangerous? No, no. But he did. He did end up fouling. So I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to argue with you because we have to, um, Flagrant doesn't necessarily require malicious intent. Mm-hmm. I think what he did made it feel flagrant. He was running. He jumped in the air, kind of mm-hmm. like propelled himself toward the player. His arms are in an unnatural position up. His yeah. elbows at head height. I mean, I to me, I I get your argument 100%. But to me, I think that's probably what drew the card. Yeah. Because okay. I think he did. You know, I, I think the referee said, "Wow, he just launched himself into yeah. the." Yeah. Into it, the and yeah. I mean, maybe we can meet halfway, and at the very least, this was reckless. Whether whether yes, I yes. think he had intent or not, it was. That, yeah. uh, that's what you're right. I mean, he in that sense, he he launched himself in the air. His arms were just flailing about. So really, at the very least, you have to call it reckless, whether you want to call it flavor or not. So, and so, I mean, I can argue that, you know, I don't know that it necessarily should have been a yellow, 
Um, you know, there are a lot of Minnesota fans that don't think it should have been yellow. Um, but but yeah. you you look back at it and he already had a yellow card. So you're kind of like, you know, you got to watch yourself and that's where you got to be smart yeah. about it, right? You know, if you get on a yellow card and and he can't take him out because he's got no backup in the midfield at this point. So he's kind of stuck. I mean, it is what it is. So be smart about it. You know. Yeah, you know, and I also think um, shame on Minnesota United for not doing their uh, reconnaissance on on uh, the referee of Victor mm-hmm. Rivas. Mm-hmm. is notorious for making rash decisions. Oh, yeah. I mean, that should have been circulating um, mm-hmm. with, you know, with uh, Hassani being on a yellow already. Like, that should have been, you know, uh, Trap was captain, right? I mean, it, it should have been, Trap should have been on him like this, like constantly, like in his ear saying, dude, you're, you're on a yellow. This guy does stupid things. Play it safe. You've got to be careful. And it, you mm-hmm. can still play aggressive and be careful. This, mm-hmm. Dave, your your word was perfect. This was reckless. It, that's not, mm-hmm. that's just being too far. You're being aggressive, but you're taking it too far. And I think this is 100% on Hassani. That's the way it goes. You're going to get that. So Hassani gets the foul in the box, which of course leads to a penalty kick, which they make. Now it's 2-2. <laughs> And it, and we're we're down like and it's like holy shit really and we and we don't really? need, yeah we don't need to analyze the PK by any stretch we'll skip over that but no, interesting that it's not every day you see the uh, opponent's goalkeeper come in and take that yeah and said, said yeah, penalty exactly right. very odd very and odd that'll come know. up again that'll come yeah, up again that'll come, yeah yeah so apparently and I di- I didn't know this about him I, you know I don't know if a lot of people did maybe they did but yeah I, you know Diago Volpe apparently he's the penalty kick specialist is what they call them and he yeah. had some great attempts like you said we'll get to that but yeah this one you know it's it's just i think they said coming into this one he had eight career goals obviously i would assume most of those were in pk situation but uh, yeah pretty pretty yeah. well anyways yeah so now you're nervous you're down a man for a good what uh 20 minutes more or less with that with added time Plus, and the other problem too you're right dave you're, you're not even thinking about that you're thinking about first the penalty kick, which they hit. Then you're like, well, shit, now we're down a man for 20 minutes. It's like, what the fuck? And we had to weather the storm. And they had opportunities all over the board in that last uh last yeah. uh 20 minutes. They it was they were there, 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 there. It was nonstop. And we weathered that storm. Um, unfortunately, when we got to extra, well, extra time, they add on like seven minutes. Added time, yeah. yeah. I think I think Something it was like at least that. six or seven months, yeah. So I was like, holy fuck, that's like the worst, right? Isn't that the worst? When you come down to yeah. a game like this, and all of a sudden you see fucking like a big number go up on the board, and you're like, fuck. So thankfully, weather that storm, we go to PKs, guys. Uh I think Toluca got the first one. We got yeah, the next Volpe, one. It was, Vol- it was Volpe again. So Volpe again, yep, Volpe. And then uh, Dane St. Clair made a save. Uh, and then we basically, I think we won it out on that. I think it was that one save. Yeah, yeah. And Morales to it. Morales for for um, Toluca missed missed one basically. Mm-hmm. I think he, he, I think he was at, off at the target, post. Wasn't he it? Post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the post? Oh, that's right. It was a yeah. post. Yeah. yeah, for sure it was a post. And uh, and our man Sang Bin gets Fun the moment. winner. Yeah, 
yeah, that was a fun him. moment. And, and, yeah. you know, we, I, we weren't at the match, but I mean, to hear Cal Williams mm-hmm. call it, uh, just mm-hmm. fantastic. Wonder- just got to sing Wonderwall, everybody. Yeah. You know, it was great. Emotional high. So that was riding the mm-hmm. second high wave there. That was, that was pretty fun. So, yeah. Amazing. You know how, I mean, to just getting into the knockout rounds to beat Columbus in, in a similar mm-hmm. fashion and then to beat, yeah. uh, to look at home, what a run so far into, sends them into the elite eight, so to speak, the quarterfinals. So yeah, that was so exciting to watch. Well, that's right. Now here's the oh, yeah. comical, I will say the comical <laughs> thing after this match, because yes. of course we're all wondering club America is playing Nashville. Now mm-hmm. club America beats Nashville. They're coming here to play us. Uh, Nashville wins. We're going to Nashville. So we click over, watch the PKs club America wins. They win. Yeah, it's decided. Everybody's like, there's Club America fans are jumping Jack, on the field. There's, there's models Ma- being thrown. Yeah, there's Jack Maher had missed his, had gotten his attempt saved yeah. by the goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bottles have been thrown. Head coaches have shaken hands. That's that. And then all of a sudden, like five six minutes into, it, they're like, "This might be going to VAR." And you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" They show a replay, and the Club America goalie comes off his line in the stupidest of fashions like does this whole little like lean forward bullshit and then right before the ball is kicked he kind of stumbles and goes forward a little bit and he came off his fucking line so now we got to go over again and then they got to get people off the field they got to do all this other bullshit you know there's hey bottles are being thrown people are it's crazy and then nashville wins the game so and Not only not only this is going on, but also the Loons ticket office is I'm charging gonna... season ticket holders for the Club America game already. Yeah. The, already. Players haven't, the players haven't even left there's the a... field and you're getting charged for your next match. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was that was the epitome of mm-hmm. the body's not even cold yet. I yeah. Mean, I mean, like it's not, what in the world? I I'm not faulting Minis- the front office for thinking that uh, Cl- Club America had won this match. We all did, you know, we, without seeing good replays. We all thought it was over. It was over. But yeah, give it, you know, maybe do it the next morning or something. You know, yeah. just hold your horses a little bit. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. insult to injury. Insult to injury, knowing yeah. that you know, here for a good what ten or fifteen minutes, we all thought, you know. Club America was going to be coming to uh, Allianz Field. Yeah, I, I think they said the VR, VAR took 14-something. 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. So we had that 14 yeah. minutes where we all thought, hey, we're going to have a game at Allianz Field on Friday night. I thought it was really Saturday, but Friday night, you know, against Club America, arguably that would have been the biggest game in Minnesota's history, mm-hmm. at least at Allianz. You could certainly make that case whether yeah. you believe that or not. But a huge match. And then, yeah, th- that sinking feeling knowing that, Okay, this is not over. I yep. mean, it's not over. Nashville gets their shot. Of course, doesn't miss. And now, now the game is going to be in Nashville on Friday. So, yep. Ooh. So, we have to go to Nashville on Friday. Now, we are not going to talk in depth on this game because we all know what the mm-hmm. fuck happened. We shit the bed, and that's that. It, it is what it is, and, and you know, whatever. Um, the big thing we should talk. We're going to talk about from that match, though, guys, is the red card. Well, on DJ Taylor. That's perfect um, because up until that moment, like 35th minute, roughly mm-hmm. 34th minute, the game, yeah. the game was a competitive game. It was a good game. I wouldn't, yeah. um, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, it was entertaining. I think Nashville and Minnesota were both playing well. 
it was hard to call the game at that point. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. that that red card in the 34th minute flipped this match on its head. It didn't take long either for it to go downhill and go downhill fast, like, unfortunately. Now, the red card, people argue, and they have on X or Twitter, whatever the fuck you want to call it. People argue that's not a red card. Now, I believe it is a red card because he's a, DJ Taylor is the last line of defense on that play. And you have to be smart enough to back off and give your yeah. goalkeeper an opportunity to make a save, right? Well, and not necessarily back off, but yeah, I mean, it was such a, it was just, not, it's a spot on the pitch where that's going to be called every time. And you, you yeah. can only wonder and second guess, hey, if he didn't even touch him, if he just stayed with him, didn't touch him, mm-hmm. would he even have a shot on goal? That's, that's arguable, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think we were talking before the podcast. Um, there are two situations where you never touch a player once they're in front of you. It's in the box, and it's when you're the last defender. Because they go down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how soft. It doesn't matter how much they embellish it. They go down. You make contact, and they go down. You are fucked. Yes. Because and- there is no – There's the referee has to call it. And right. in this case, it's a foul. He made contact. It's a foul. Guess what? You're possibly, possibly denying that goal, which means mm-hmm. it has to be red. It has to be. Like, you just, yeah, you just can't. And, and it was just clear. I mean, if you look at the referee's perspective on this, like, you know, whether he, he probably didn't have the best angle, but he's, from his perspective, you can clearly see that it was a push. I don't I'm let's not even get into how hard was that push, how much contact, but like he was the last line of defense and yep. he's going down, you know, fortunately it was just outside mm-hmm. the box, but boy, you know, yeah, I, I, as frustrated as I was to see it, I, I, it's hard. You can't, I, I, I have a hard, I'm not going to even argue it. It's, it's just, you just can't do it. I, I mean, I'm a fan. I, I would prefer it if they didn't call it, but I understand why they did. And I, I don't has, have any gripes about it. If it was, it was, it was the, the shoe was on the other foot guys. We'd all be calling it a foul. You know, and it everybody called it a foul. Probably wouldn't have been called, but <laughs> well, again. Um, it has to. But it has to. And that's this is what the game the, the game then yep. it killed because as David had mentioned earlier before this podcast, Heath decided to take out Franco and go defensive when really he should have just kept the offense going and tried to, you know. Make it yeah, work. I mean, and the thing was, is it worked literally days before, right? Yeah. Well, it was against. <laughs> well, wasn't it against Puebla that they they were in a similar situation? Or am, or am I screwing that one up? And then they went uh, on to score. I thought it was Puebla yes, they got a red card. Yes, and they went. Yeah, uh, yeah. They went on to score. Uh, oh boy, my memory is failing me. But at the very, they went on to score. Whether it was all the goals, at least a few of their goals. You know, when mm-hmm. when everybody was thinking, "Oh, here we go." I remember even thinking, "I'm surprised." Heath didn't make a defensive substitution at that moment yeah. in the Puebla match, but look what happens. I, granted, Puebla maybe is not on the same level as a Nashville. That's fine, but look what happens. Minnesota has some amazing, you know, counterattacks in that game, and we're able to capitalize with their attacking players. And here now, you're putting one arm arm behind yeah. the back when you're already and it, yeah, and that's the thing. We had this conversation uh, weeks ago about how you know. There's a way to park the bus, and then there's a bad way to park the bus. The bad way to park the bus is bringing on an extra defender and removing an offense, an attacker, because 
your attack is part of your defense. When you move the attacker, right? I'm not going to rehash it. You move the attacker, now all you have is defense. That's what happened here, right? I mean, Nashville clearly had the upper hand in this match, but the the fact is, the fact is, if you remove Franco, you've got no, you've got nothing. You've got not nothing. Sorry, you still have Ryan. You still have Bobby, but you lose one speedster who's been playing very well for us in the previous what eighty five minutes. Um, so you you can't take that element away because you greenlighted you you greenlighted Nashville's pressure. You told Nashville, guess what? We're going to let you come at us, and that's that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't take so, long, right? Unfortunately, no, I thought no. you know. Fortunately, they had missed that free kick. It was just a foot or two outside the box. Mm-hmm. Only respite from that whole scenario, red card scenario, was they didn't make that free kick. Okay, it's still nil nil. Maybe we can make it to halftime. Tied, scored at zeros, but unfortunately, no. And right. and then to just continue yeah. to go way downhill from that. So I suppose we should spend the next half hour going over each of those five goals that Nashville. No, we're not. Scored. No, we're not. We're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done talking about it. That's fine because <laughs> to add to add insult to injury, guys. If we had beaten Nashville, we'd be playing Monterey mm. here on Tuesday. Okay. So because they beat LAFC, yep, it was another big game uh, at Allianz Field. Then, of course, now, it, you know, I thought I kind of thought shit was going downhill, actually, even previous to our game uh, against Nashville, because I started seeing uh, local uh, news outlets saying, here's what needs to happen for the, for uh, oh, Messi yeah. to come to Minnesota. It's like, oh, yeah. don't yeah. fucking talk about it yet. <laughs> don't talk yeah. about it. Yeah. You know what they well, had to. Yeah, they of course they did, but that was you know <clears throat> I will say this: I think Minnesota had a good run in this tournament. They 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 yeah. won, they won uh, you know a group state their first group stage game against the Mexican La Liga Liga MX team, and then uh, yeah, other than you know that Chicago loss was kind of unfortunate, but you know hey to get out to 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 win the games that they did in the knockout round, they won in the round of thirty two, mm-hmm. the round of sixteen in dramatic mm-hmm. fashion. Those games were in very good games. Even from a mm-hmm. neutral perspective, they were fantastic to watch. Yeah. They made it to the final eight quarterfinals, and it, it was mm-hmm. a good run. I, I'm not – and honest, we can talk about it later, but it kind of leaves me feeling uh, optimistic for the last, what, 12 games of the regular MLS season. Um, what we saw from, you know, the players, David, like you said earlier, what we expect to see, we, we kind of yeah. saw that in this run. So uh, it's not all bad, and it was a pretty good little Yeah, I, I think that we leave the tournament um, – with individual errors to focus on for the remainder of the season. You know, I think overall the team played very well, um, as you said, Dave. Um, they've made it, I, I don't know, dramatic, but they've made a significant turnaround um, from prior to Rage rejoining the team. Um, and I think that that's positive, right? Because you can fix individual errors, right? It's harder to fix tactics, but, you know, individual errors, you can remove them completely if you have to. Um, and so I think that that's, a, that's a, a positive for us going into the rest of the season. Um, I believe we have to, we have some work to do, sorry, um, at the forward position, um, let's, which, let's, uh, let's, can I, 
can I bring up my new nickname now? I know sure. I like to I like to give nicknames to players. Now we got Rian yeah. Gregus is back via sniper. Uh, oh, we've got we got uh, two fins in this team now. We got the Robin Lude, who I call sometimes call the flying fin. Um, I'm going to uh, call Pookie the flaccid fin because oh, no. he hasn't done jack shit. And I'm sorry. Uh, well, you know, and people... that's it's it's starting to become a topic. You know, and there are a lot of people who um, were crazy about the signing um, mm-hmm. who are starting to slowly question what's going on. But I think that there's it's fair to ask, even though I was very critical of this um, mm-hmm. for the very reason that I really believe is why he's not performing. Um, it's fair to ask if it's Adrian Eve. You know, I mean, it's it's like, how many how many strikers can we have on this team that fail? Minnesota. I mean, at some point, there's a common denominator, and the common mm-hmm. denominator is Adrian Heath. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, right? Where, where but, strikers um, come to fail, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. Really I mean, I, I think you know some people were saying, well, maybe he needs a rest, and you know he's not fit yet. And it's like, well, his last game was May seventh or eighth or ninth, something like that. Um, and he came and he joined Minnesota around the exact same time that Norwich started their preseason matches. Mm-hmm. So even had he stayed at Norwich, he would have had the exact same break and started training and everything at the exact same time, mm-hmm. which, okay, you can maybe give some rust, right? Because you've had off summer or spring, I guess. Um, and now you're, now you're um, finally getting back into training for the next season. So there might be some rust. Okay, I get that. But the rust is going to hang – rust is going to be very different in this situation because he's getting, like, match – like, competitive match minutes where at Norwich you would have been getting, you know, some minutes here and there in in what are basically friendlies, right? And so the, the fitness is going to slowly move up, slowly pick up. Here he's kind of getting right into it right away. There's going to be some rust, but we're what eight games into his tenure now? Seven? Mm-hmm. Um, I four games, okay, four games, fine. Either it could be just like his fellow Finn. It mm-hmm. took Robin some time. We all mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who didn't want to give him the time. I'm trying to be fair with this and say maybe it's going to take him some time. The problem that our friend Blake pointed out and I had also pointed out to someone was that he is 33. Robin was what, 26? I think. Um, So age is not on his side. Robin has had time, plenty of prime time career Mm -hmm. to pick it up at the next season and keep going. Pookie doesn't have that. He's probably already on his way downhill. And now if he doesn't pick it up by the end of the season, it's hard to say 2024 is going to be better. Honestly, it'll. I. It's, it's going to be one of the things. It's going to be one of the things to watch as the um, as they resume MLS play here in about yeah. a week's time, and you know because it it's it's it does look like confidence. It's it's he's had his chances. He really has. Pookie has, mm-hmm. but just didn't. You know, like we've seen with so many other strikers, just can't finish 
Um, you know, and I, I see the same thing. I, I think he looks exactly like Luis Emeria. Um, he he has some runs here and there that look really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see him hanging back deep. I see Ray and Franco getting way, uh, Bongi especially, getting way in front of him up the pitch. Yep. And so yep. now all of a sudden he's kind of hanging back and he's he's almost playing a, I don't even know, he's, he's almost playing a kosher role at that point because – Everybody else is trying to attack, and he's kind of hanging back, hoping to get scraps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that's that's been a common thread with this team, which is why I maintain the argument that there is something potentially wrong with Adrian Heath's tactics because it's it's constant with this team. Even Mender does it to an extent, but I think Mender almost seems to maybe ignore it mm-hmm. and you'll see him get up up higher, but then he just sucks it up in some other way. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling people made this signing out to be more than it was. Um, mm-hmm. Blake has on X has been hammering at Mark Watson's comment that mm. Pookie is world-class, which I think <laughs> is the most absurd thing I've ever heard because mm-hmm. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, Pookie definitely had a good career, but it wasn't world class. We're not talking about a guy who excelled in the top league. We're talking about a guy who excelled in the championship. And then the moment he got to the top league, he was okay. Um, yeah. I, But, you know, I, I'm still going to give him some time. I still, though, maintain receipts for the I told you so that I think it's going to come up but I was going to say because you you had don't it's not like you're you know you're flipping you you've been on you had maintained the same opinion since he his signing was announced so I'll yeah. give you that so yeah so uh, it'll take a little bit it'll take a little bit for me to change his nickname from the flaccid fin though it's going to be that way for a while so well right I mean I don't even okay. think even if he scores against New York City coming up He's still that that doesn't erase everything that he's not done. So he's that, gonna, yeah. everything yeah. that he has not done so far. Yeah. It doesn't make up for everything. Yeah. Speaking of New York City, NYFC, we play them next Sunday night uh in New York. Let's make some predictions coming out of this uh Leeds Cup tournament. Uh Dave, you go first. Give us a prediction for the game next weekend. All right. Um, I think this this is going to be an interesting game. I, I wonder where it's going to be played. I don't even know. Is it going to be? Oh, I think. Oh, it's City Field. City Field next uh, Sunday, six thirty Central Time. Um, this would normally be a game that would scare me. You'd think over the course of in, in the context of the last say few years. I know the competition has been. I mean, New York NYCFC is not a club that Minnesota plays too often. Let's see. In fact, yeah, going back, it looks like NYC has an edge, two wins to Minnesota's one with one draw. Um, yeah, I, but look, quick look at the standings. I don't, NYC, NYC FC doesn't scare me as much as they used to. They're barely averaging a point game. Um, so I think we're going to take Minnesota's, you know, proven record on the road, go out there and win a match. Ooh, I don't want to be boring, but two, one feels kind of right to me right now, but so All right. I'm, I, I'm confident that Minnesota is going to be. Due to their run in this tournament, at least they have a week plus off. 
Uh, they'll be rested. I think they're going to have some confidence because of this tournament. It translates to a win, in my opinion. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I think the Loons, yeah, coming off this tournament, have looked good, except for well, the last game where they look like shit. Uh, but that had to do with whatever. Uh, I'm going to go with a 2-0 win in this one. Uh, I think uh, DSC gets the shutout. I think we uh, get a couple of quick early goals and hold on for dear life. So I was almost, uh, almost, almost, almost going to say a 2-2 draw heading into P- PKs, but uh, we won't see any more PKs for a while. So No PKs for a while. Uh, David, how about you? Yeah, you know, this one's a tough one. Um, we do play reasonably well on the road, or at least we either win or lose, I guess. Um, we have, what, five wins, right? Yeah, five yeah, wins on the road, um, which is actually, I believe, tied for the best in MLS. There's one team ahead Oh, no, Salt I Lake can't... has one more. Salt Lake has one more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're sec- tied for second in, yeah. in MLS. Um, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, New York City has not been great lately. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to rehash everything that you guys said. I'm going, gosh, you know, we've got a full week's break. Mm-hmm. I think we'll do well. I think we'll do 2 1. Mm-hmm. 2 1 win. All right. Great. Great. Um, it's funny because this is crazy. This doesn't happen this year, guys. Uh, we'll talk about it next weekend, but the following weekend, Sunday, August 27th, we actually have a game in town against Seattle at 3.30 in the afternoon. Hmm. Like, what? 3.30 game? Since when do we play 3.30 games anymore? But we do. Yeah, okay. So it'll be a good one to see. Um. All right, great. Before we get out of here, just one quick funny story, and that is from the land of Florida, David. Now, these are always great when they're from the land of Florida. But this isn't somebody being stupid. Uh, this is actually a weird thing that happened. Uh, the Tampa Bay mayor hauled in 70 pounds of cocaine during her fishing trip <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Uh, while, on a fishing, while on a fishing trip uh, with her family, uh, Tampa Bay Mayor Jane Castor. Reeled in a big catch, about 70 pounds of cocaine, valued at some $1.1 million. Uh, they recovered the narcotics and sealed in bricks wrapped in what appears to have been cellophane and adorned with a picture of a pink and blue butterfly. This was off the Florida Keys. Uh, the mayor told Makes Tampa sense. Bay that the drugs were found in a package adrift in the Atlantic Ocean. As she and other family members were fishing for mahi-mahi from the boat. Other family members were perplexed by the package. But a caster who spent 31 years in the Tampa Bay Police Department, including his, as its first woman chief, said she knew what it was. Uh, they held the packages in. She marked the location, turned it over, whatever. So some <laughs> drug dealer lost $1.1 million with the cocaine in the Atlantic Ocean, and the mayor of Tampa Bay picked it up. So um, there you go. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, – I, I wonder if – I mean, that's like movie level, right? I mean, or TV yeah. show at least, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd expect that on a like, Miami Vice episode. Yeah. Um, I I feel like I want to know, was it there purposefully? Like, was well, there an RFID tag on it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, so I just had to yeah. go out and grab it. 
they yeah, they do yeah, they do do that. I mean, they're, they they're do, drops. Yeah. They're dr- dead drops almost that they just mm-hmm. leave it there for somebody else to pick up. So I I wouldn't yeah. doubt that. I mean, either you know, either it's you know, you're a boat sunk or you know they they left it there intentionally. But right, was, you know, was, and all of a sudden okay. somebody's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been one of those submarines they have, you know. They have those submarines mm-hmm. that they use. Yes, that's true. Yeah. You know, you know that. So yeah, that's now, uh, you know that's very Florida. That's very Florida. I, you yeah, can't get more Florida than that. Mm-hmm. Cocaine at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Now think. Now we have you know the movie Cocaine Bear. Mm. What if this had flo- floated in a little further and we had Cocaine uh, Gator? <laughs> you know, what that happened? I. I'd pay money to see that. I know what to. Yeah, maybe maybe be a little better in Cocaine Bear. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, well, I wonder this thing, this thing, this this kind of thing probably happens a little more than we think it might. You know, but well, I don't in this big a size probably not. I'm pretty. Yeah. Sh- I'm sure it's happened like with smaller packages. But I mean, this was like seventy pounds. I mean, this is a this is a big hit right here. Well, and, you uh, know, and that's why I feel like you know somebody would have gone back and looked for it. Like somebody that a dealer that has this much mm-hmm. obviously was transferring, you know, transporting probably from I don't know, Cuba. I don't I don't even know, I guess. Right? He's transporting from somewhere in the Caribbean, right? Um yeah. probably has equipment that they could have gone back and found it, right? If they dropped yeah. it, right, by accident. Yeah. So for me, that's why I feel like this is a, a dead drop, right? Like they the, they put it there. Yeah. They left a they left an Apple air tag on there, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They dropped an Apple air tag on there. Hey, drop an Apple air tag on here. Somebody come pick it up. It's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. So uh yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I found that much cocaine floating somewhere. <laughs> I mean I don't know if I'd want to touch it. Yeah, I I, feel like I would leave it right where it was. (laughs) Get the hell away from that. That can't end. I don't think think it would end well. I wouldn't call anyone. I'd wave to it as I left. Not doing a a selfie and posting it on social media. Let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. Party at my house. I, I just, yeah, I... I think the only reason we know about it is because it was the mayor. Anyone else mm-hmm. would have been like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Well, and she used to be the police chief, you know, so she knows. Yeah. You know, I mean, she has inside knowledge. I'd, I'd be like, oh, this is a cool package. What is this? I'd probably poke it and be like, why is this white powder coming out of here? What's going on? I'd be like, oh, shit, it's cocaine. See you yeah. later. Bye-bye. Yeah. So, yeah. um, David, you'll have to let us know next time you're out at the beach or whatever, you find some cocaine. Right. You know. Your tick comes up. Do, they, I think they they do mostly meth on this side. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't think yeah. this is a big cocaine area. I mean, it might it's be. Not. But... Well, Miami, of course, is the big cocaine area, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's Miami. The clubs, dude. Club scene. You watch enough Miami Vice, you know what's going on down there. It's crazy. Yep. Um... Anyways, guys, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any last I, I would like to um, do, not that it's going to matter who's listening at this point. Uh, I would like to put a correction 
it was not 14 minutes, it was four minutes for the VAR in Nashville. Yes. Oh, was that it? Yeah. it? It felt yeah. like 14 minutes. But... Yeah, they said it was 94. Stoppage time was at 94 minutes by the time mm-hmm. something took place. Right. Well, there you have it. Correction. It is. Uh, shout out to Grand Holler, the band that makes our intro music. Uh, they don't have anything really big coming up right now, but uh, of course, I'll let you guys know if anything else is coming up for them. They're playing. I would love them to come down to the Twin Cities at some point and play down here, hmm. but we'll see if they ever do that. I think they're going to kind of stay up in the north Northland area. So, um, but yeah, shout out to them for the great music. Um, so for myself, Tony, for Dave and David, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go loons. Go loons. Go loons.